G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Sometimes things happen in life that are unfair and tragic, and we want an answer. I, I demand an answer. I want to know why. It's the most common question when trial or tragedy strikes. Pastor Greg Laurie addresses our concerns. We live on promises, not explanations, so we should not spend too much time wondering why. Instead of saying why, we should say who, as in who do I turn to? You turn to the Lord, because the Bible says He's the God of all comfort. This is the day when the lost are found. through a hailstorm of crisis and calamity, sickness, death, economic upheaval, uncertainty about the future, hope may seem in short supply. But today on A New Beginning, we'll see it's only in short supply if we're going to the wrong supplier. Pastor Greg Laurie introduces us to a man who faced an epic challenge but depended on God's provision to see him through. We'll learn to follow in his footsteps as Pastor Greg introduces this last day's believer. Well, the guy I want to focus on, well, everyone knows the story. His name was Noah. He was a last days believer because he was living in the time before the flood came. Why did the flood come? Why did God send judgment on the earth the first time? The answer is found in Genesis 6. I want you to turn over there if you would. Genesis 6, first book of the Bible. Genesis 6, 5. Uh, gives us a description of the world in the days of Noah. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of his thoughts was only evil continually. You might underline that. Only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry he made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. I'd underline that too. I'll come back to it. So the Lord said, I'll destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth, man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air. I'm sorry I made them. We'll stop there. What exactly was going on here on planet earth to bring God's wrath so heavily? Genesis 6-5 gives the answer. The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and every intent of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. And God said he's grieved. Now, it's interesting that the word grieved is used here in verse six. You only grieve for those you love. You don't grieve when some random person cuts you off on the road. You get angry maybe, upset, but it doesn't grieve you. It grieves you when your child uh, is disrespectful or goes astray or someone you love or care about says or does something that hurts you. You're grieved only by the people you love, right? So the fact that God uses the word grieve shows us that this is hurting the heart of God because he loves humanity. And so 
Their wickedness was great. They just wouldn't stop. It just became more and more intense. But wait, did these people have an opportunity to believe? Listen to this. God is going to judge people according to the light that they have received. But I suggest to you we've received a lot more light than people realize. As an example, we have the light, if you will, of nature. Just the handiwork of God surrounding us, speaking of His power and His creative ability. I mean, to me it takes more faith to say there's no God and this all happened randomly than it takes to say, I believe that there's a creator behind all of these things. Romans 1.18 says, God shows his anchor from heaven against wicked people who push the truth away from themselves because he's put this knowledge in their heart. From the time the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky and all that God made so they have no excuse for not knowing God. And by the way, at this time, earth was in much better shape than it is now. Now if you go to a beautiful place like Hawaii, uh, you see the handiwork of God in a sunset. People just sit out there and wait for the sun to set. It's just so amazing. That's something the Lord does for us. But at this time, historically, things were still in a, a quasi-Eden-like state. We were closer to God's original creation than we are now. So the, the power of God was on display. They had all of that. Number two, we have the testimony of conscience, or the light of conscience. Romans 2.14 says, even when non-believers who do not have God's written law instinctively follow what the law says, they show in their hearts they know right from wrong because God's law is written with them, in them, in their own consciences, accusing them or telling them what they're doing is right. So you say, what about the person who's never heard the gospel? Well, you have the testimony of nature and you have the testimony of your own conscience. You know instinctively what right and wrong are. And so, Many of us don't even live according to those dictates. Some will say, I don't like organized religion. What does that even mean? I don't like organized religion. Oh, do you like disorganized chaos instead? And what's your definition of organized religion? Uh, praying a prayer, opening the Bible. I don't like don't get anything organized, okay. So what do you live by? I live by my own standards. I suggest you don't even live by your own standards. I think you break your own rules. So you make new rules up. And then you break those, don't you? So you have the testimony of nature. You have the testimony of your own conscience. And these people had the promise of a redeemer. God had revealed to Adam and Eve there was coming one who would crush the head of the serpent who had deceived them. And of course that was a reference to the arrival of Jesus. And fourthly, they had the people of the godly lives of Adam and Eve. Even though Adam and Eve sinned, they still walk with the Lord after this. So they had that testimony. And so God will judge you according to the light you have received. Point number three, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Genesis 6-8 says simply that, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now does that mean God had grace on Noah because he lived a righteous life? No, actually it's the reversal of that. The word grace means God's unmerited favor. Because he received God's grace, he responded to the grace that God extended toward him, he experienced it. God loves us and wants a relationship with us. So he found grace or favor in the eyes of the Lord. Look, the only way a person comes into a relationship with God is by 
admitting their own need. And that's hard for a lot of people. We don't want to say, I need God. Uh, I, I'm strong. I can do this on my own. Uh, Aaron Rodgers in that interview went on to say, you know, I think that uh, Christianity is a crutch. <laughs> crutch? It's a whole hospital, man. <laughs> I need more than a crutch. I, I need everything. I need every piece of equipment in that spiritual hospital. I have no shame in saying I need God. I'm not embarrassed to say I depend on God. We all should. Thanks for joining us for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. Pastor Greg is presenting a study today titled The World Changer at the End of the World, Part 1. Let's continue now. Judgment was about to come. And I wonder if there's somebody here that has had a wake-up call lately. Something has happened in your life that's gotten your attention. Everything was going great, and then you got the call from the doctor, and everything changed. Everything was fine, then your wife, your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriend broke up with you, your dog even left you. But the cat won't leave for some reason. And you really want the cat to leave, and you wanted the dog to stay, even more than your girlfriend, frankly. But whatever it is, something's happened, or you've had a close brush with death. But I think there's three things we should keep in mind when something like this happens. Number one, remember that life is precious. Life is precious. I have an Apple Watch right here. Funny thing with this crazy watch, it periodically says to me, breathe. It's like, I'm breathing. It's even said it to me when I'm like, Working out, breathe, what's wrong with you? But I think there's a good message there, breathe, right? That breath you're trying right now, that's a gift from God. Because there might be someone in a hospital room struggling, hoping for that next breath. But I just breathe in, I breathe out, that's a gift from heaven. And I shouldn't take it for granted. Every day of my life is a gift from God. Every single heartbeat, it's a blessing. Number two, don't ask why, ask who. Don't ask why, ask who. Years ago, our son Christopher was killed in an automobile accident. It was crushing, devastating. I wondered if I would even survive it. It was so massive for both Kathy and myself and our son Jonathan and Christopher's wife, Brittany. It was just life altering. And I called out to the Lord and guess what? He was there for me. And he sustained me on that day and sustains us all to this day because the Bible says he's the God of all comfort. Sometimes things happen in life that are unfair and tragic and we want an answer. I I demand an answer. I want to know why. If God told you, you wouldn't be happy. I mean, if the Lord said, all right, all right, I'm tired of you asking why, I'm going to tell you why. Are you ready? Write this down. Okay, I'm ready. Ready? Here's why. I don't agree with that. You wouldn't like it. It wouldn't make sense to you, this side of heaven. We live on promises, not explanations, so we should not spend too much time wondering why. Instead of saying why, we should say who, as in who do I turn to? You turn to the Lord and you cry. And you cry. It's okay to cry. It's good to cry. In fact, you must mourn. 
when you've lost a loved one. In fact, if you do not properly mourn the loss of a loved one, it can affect you in a very bad way. Because you cry out to God. You bring your pain to God. You bring your sorrow to God. And then the last thing is we must prepare. We must prepare. Life is precious. Don't ask why, ask who. We must prepare. Death is not a respecter of persons. It doesn't care if you're rich or poor, religious, or you have no faith at all, if you're famous, infamous, or not known. It knocks at every door. It'll knock at your door. It'll knock at mine. It's not the end, because there's an afterlife. We talk so much about this life, but the afterlife goes on forever. In fact, this life, the before life, if you will, is pretty short when compared to the afterlife. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, and he that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live, and whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. That is why Jesus died on the cross. You see, at the cross he defeated sin, but at the resurrection he defeated death. Death died when Christ rose. So my question for you is, are you prepared for the afterlife? I told you the story before of a man who was walking through a graveyard and he saw a tombstone. And on it were inscribed these words, pause now stranger as you pass by. As you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so you will be. So prepare for death and follow me. The man was overheard to say, to follow you is not my intent until I know which way you went. <laughs> are you prepared for the afterlife? What if this were your last night on earth? Well, it won't be, how do you know? You don't know. No one knows. The Bible says it's appointed unto a man once to die and then comes the judgment. God's appointed the hour. He doesn't reveal it to us. Frankly, I'm glad I don't know, aren't you? We don't know. It could be tonight, it could be 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, 70, 80 years, I don't know. God knows, I don't worry about that. But be ready, be prepared. Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. And then one day I'll stand before God. And the Bible says, and the books will be opened, and a book will be opened, which is the book of life. And the key is you want your name written in the book of life. How do you get your name written in the book of life? By believing in Jesus Christ. If you've put your faith in Christ, and you've asked him to be your Savior and Lord, your name is in the book, and no one's taking your name out of the book. You're good to go. But then there's the books. Books are gonna be opened. And I wonder what's in the books. You know, the Bible doesn't say. Maybe one book is uh, a book of all the times you heard the gospel and blew it off. Maybe another book is a record of how you had your own standards that you didn't even live by. Maybe another book is all the commandments you broke. I don't know what's in the books. But whatever it is, it's not real good. Because if you're even at this great white throne judgment, that's bad. But you don't have to be there at all. You see, Jesus died on the cross and he absorbed the wrath of God in your place so you don't have to deal with it. He died there for you. He, as I've said many times, he came to pay a debt he did not owe because we owed a debt we could not pay. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You can have this grace in your life because the Bible says, for by grace you are saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. You're not gonna get to heaven because of all the good stuff you've done. You're gonna get to heaven because of the sacrifice Jesus made for you on the cross. And you admitted you're a sinner and you turned from your sin and you believed in him. Then you can know, listen, you can know 
that you'll go to heaven. Do you know that right now? If not, why would you not want to get this resolved? Frankly, is there anything more important than that that you could think of? Anything? Than where you'll spend eternity? And so I want to close with just an opportunity for anybody here, anybody watching, listening, wherever you may be, to make sure your name is written in the book of life, to put your faith in Jesus Christ. He stands at the door of your life and he knocks and he says, if you'll hear his voice and open the door, he will come in. If you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, you can do it right here, right now. And you can be prepared for the afterlife and not be afraid of death any longer. So let's all bow our heads and everybody praying, Father, thank you for your word to us tonight. And I pray for any person here or maybe they're watching or listening wherever they may be. If they don't have a relationship with you, help them to come to you now, we pray. Amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer about entering into a relationship with the Lord. And if you'd like to make that kind of change in your relationship with God today, Pastor Greg will help you do that right now. As you've been listening to this today, maybe you've heard another voice. By that I mean, yeah, you heard me say a few things, but you heard God's voice speak to you deep in the recesses of your heart. And it suddenly dawned on you, this is what I need. Or to state it more accurately, this is who I need. I need Jesus, and I want Jesus, but maybe you don't know how to make that connection. Let me help you. Pray this after me right now if you want Jesus Christ to come into your life. Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner, and I am sorry for my sin, and I need your forgiveness right now. Would you come into my heart and my life as Savior, as God, as friend, I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for calling me and accepting me and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I know that was a relatively short prayer. Maybe you felt something as you prayed it. Maybe you felt nothing. That doesn't really matter because God's word says, these things we write to you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. It doesn't say, so you may think you have it or you may hope you have it if God's in a good mood. No, that you can know it. And I want you to know, if you pray that prayer in a minute, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has come into your life. So congratulations. You're now a Christian. Now continue to follow the Lord. And to help you, we'd love to send you some resources we call our New Believers Growth Packet. It'll answer many of the questions you might have and get you started in your new relationship with the Lord. Just ask for it when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. Call 1-800-772-936 today. Next time on A New Beginning, join us for more insights from the life of Noah about living wholeheartedly for God, no matter what's going on around us.
Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called The World Changer at the End of the World. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.